Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Hard Currency, the FT's weekly podcast tour of the world's biggest and most liquid market. I'm Michael Hunter, and with me this week is Kuhn Chow, macroeconomics and foreign exchange strategist at Union Boncaire Privé. Now, Kuhn, as we often say here, uh, FX is indeed the biggest and most liquid market, but it can at times also be the one that requires the most explanation. And that seems particularly true at the moment of, of the yen. Now, Japan's currency, even faced with negative interest rates, has retained its haven status during the flight from risk last week and yet has not faced major pressure this week during a general recovery in risk appetite. What's going on, Kuhn? Is it is it establishing a new trading range? Is this to do with a wider concern developing in the market about the return to political risk? I think the last point you're making is spot on. I think uh, the political risks within the markets are slowly growing. Uh, not just political risks here with the ones we're talking about for the UK, but also political risks in other major centres. I mean, we have elections in the US very soon. We have problems within uh, Europe on the border of Turkey, in Syria, obviously. And also we have the friction in the China South Seas. All of these have an ability to uh, impact growth uh, via business sentiment. And let's not forget that on top of the political risk, we've got all the economic challenges which face the globe at the moment. Commodity prices, banking sector weakness, emerging market growth. So you've got these multiple layers of risk, which mean that there's every reason to want safe haven assets, including the yen. So even though this week we've had a bit of a bounce in safe haven assets, the yen's done okay. And you think the yen is a classic haven? We often say that. We often hear that. Um, What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think it is. I think the classic safe haven, at least in currency term, has to be one where there is a account surplus and whenever you've had a risk-off period, there's a flight back home in terms of money flows. And uh, Yen ticks both those boxes. The other safe haven currencies could be the Swiss franc. However, it's a lot less liquid currency. It's a lot smaller. And what have you been looking at with the franc in terms of the ranges it's around this week and and how that's behaving and, and what that's doing? I think the Swiss franc has been not been able to go as much as the yen, not been able to perform as well as the yen, because I think the expectation is that the Swiss could be a little bit more aggressive in terms of interest rate policy and also can be aggressive again in terms of FX policy. So that's holding back the franc a bit, whereas the yen, all we have, at least at this point, is interest rate policy to stop the yen from weakening. Okay, and also we've seen negative interest rates setting a really important tone across the market and behaving in a way which has surprised many traders and surprised many observers and many analysts. We were hearing on hard currency last week warnings of what might happen in the future with a translation of of some of these monetary policies into the fiscal space if these monetary negative rates fail to work properly. 
Um, how concerned are you and how concerned are the people you talk to in the market about a feeling growing that central bankers are running out of ammunition? I think it is a growing concern. When I talk to my peers, when I talk to people inside our institution as fellow uh uh, fellow asset managers, it's a growing concern that we've already done, policymakers have already done so much to boost growth, and we're sitting here with global growth, which is barely 3%, and we've only just started the hike rates in the US, which means there's not much room to reverse. So that's something that's really playing on people's minds, and related to that, is that we're coming into this uncertain period where no major EM no major EM or developed market economy looks like it's got some kind of reserves it can tap on. That was not the case in two thousand and seven and eight. And of course that would also echo um in terms of where the yen has been to look to glance back at to, toward the yen for a moment that would that would that would echo why the yen's been so resilient this week wouldn't absolutely it? i mean whenever i talk to people on the different trading desks i talk to my peers on the yen the only question seems to be when and at what level should i get back in to buy more yen okay now political risk is also something which we're going to have to get a little bit more accustomed to talking about in connection with the pound absolutely um, the Brexit debate is only going to set to gather pace as we move nearer towards a referendum, most likely to be held sometime during the summer. Um, we've seen all the machinations in Brussels. There's full coverage of that all over FT.com. Um, what are your thoughts on how all of that will impact on Sterling? I think that, that you've mentioned, those factors, plus the fact that the economy is under a little bit of pressure from fiscal tightening and, of course, a weaker global economy, it's all creating a mix which is likely to weigh on the pound. And the pound, remember, for the last couple of years was perceived as one of the safe haven currencies. So there's a risk of lazy longs still can be squeezed out of the pound. So ahead of uh, the referendum, I, I think that we're going to face continued downside pressure on the pound. However, let's step back a bit and let's survey the global economy and ask ourselves which of the countries in the next 12 to 24 months could be on a tightening cycle, or at the very least not on, a high, not on an easing cycle. There's very few of those. I'd say the US is there and the UK is there as well. So I think we're probably going to see pre-Brexit pound under depreciation pressure, but afterwards... I think we have a recovery. So if we stay in the European Union as a result of the referendum on membership of it, there'll be room for the pound to start looking back towards more customary fundamentals, interest rates and such. How big a barrier to Mark Carney's thinking in the immediate term are these matters pertaining to the referendum and to your, the European Union, even even to parts of the Conservative Party? Is being the governor of the Bank of England suddenly a whole lot more complicated? I think so. And I think it's especially the case given that we're an open economy. And luckily, we have a central banker who's very global thinking. 
I'd say probably amongst the group of major country central bankers, he's probably one of the most attuned to what's happening in the globe. And therefore, with the additional added factor of the vote and with what's happening globally, I think it's making life very, very hard for him. I think he's probably going to communicate quite a dovish, cautious stance until we get through this. And after we get through the vote, assuming that the UK is still in the EU, then I think we do get a rebound, but it won't be a quick one because I don't think Carney will come back and say, OK, business as usual, hike's on the table soon. OK, so there's a, an unusual series of factors confronting currency traders at the moment. Um, the currency market is obviously always complex. But just finally, before we finish, what's your overall feeling if you take a wide-angle view of all of these factors and how they're operating in terms of how it leaves you and your strategies and your observations of the market poised for the rest of this year and on into next year? Lots of people have told us they've torn up their forward-looking strategies that were being put together at the end of last year. How are yours doing and what do you think is going to happen next? I think the clearest thing to do, and there's a lot of uncertainties and there's a lot of myths to get through, the clearest thing to do is to focus on uh, defensive assets, uh, to focus on being long the yen. I think there's just so many things that could keep the yen strong. And as for the dollar and the pound, if... Those are currencies that you probably be looking to be long them on further large dips. But at these levels, I think the yen makes sense as a long. And I think you can be long it against so many other currencies where the countries are weak, they're commodity producers. So that's our main approach. Great. Kun Chow, macroeconomics and foreign exchange strategist at Union Bancaire Privé. Many thanks for your time. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. That's all for this week from Hard Currency. Thanks for listening. And please don't forget, you can keep up with all the latest news at ft.com slash markets and at fastft.